There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Graham Abbott and this is Classics Unlocked, a program brought to you by Universal Music and Classics Direct. The name of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart is one of the most famous in all of Western civilization. Even people who know nothing about classical music have probably heard of Mozart, even if they don't know his music. And the fact that he was a child prodigy who died appallingly young at the age of only 35 means he holds an almost lurid fascination for us all. Mozart wrote music in all the major genres of the later 18th century. Operas, concertos, symphonies, serenades, chamber music, church music, sonatas. And in every category, his work is at the pinnacle of inspiration, freshness and dramatic power. Some would even dare to say perfection. He managed to speak the musical language of his day, what we now call the high classical style, while at the same time extending and challenging that language and his audiences in ways which even now can surprise us. In this program, I want to focus on a small but vital corner of the more than 600 works Mozart left us. In the realm of the concerto, a form which highlights a virtuoso performance by a solo instrument against the accompaniment of an orchestra, Mozart is known to have composed around 40 examples across his entire career. In addition to more than 20 piano concertos and half a dozen violin concertos, he wrote 10 works featuring wind instruments as soloists. In this program, I want to survey Mozart's wind concertos, more or less in chronological order, as they show the composer's ability to blend the heroic and the beautiful, the dramatic and the gentle. They also reflect his understanding of what wind instruments could do, an understanding far ahead of almost all his contemporaries. Recordings in this program all feature the New York-based Orpheus Chamber Orchestra, drawn from their recordings of the complete Mozart wind concertos on Deutsche Grammophon. In the 18th century, the bassoon was regarded as an important member of an ensemble's bass line, but it was rarely given solo music. There are notable exceptions, of course, particularly in the music of Antonio Vivaldi. 
Vivaldi wrote more concertos for bassoon than for any other instrument except his own, the violin. But generally speaking, bassoon concertos in the 18th century were rare. Evidence from Mozart's lifetime suggests that he wrote a number of bassoon concertos, but only one has survived, the B-flat concerto K191. It's an elegant work, written in 1774 when he was 18, but the elegance can hide the fact that this is a challenging work for the bassoon, one which tests the soloist's agility and musicianship. Whoever the intended soloist, Mozart must have trusted them a great deal. Frank Morelli plays it in this recording. Thank you. 
From mid-1777 to April 1778, Mozart wrote a number of concertos for wind instruments. Life for the young genius was becoming increasingly frustrating at the Salzburg court, and he was briefly dismissed from his post, which enabled him to travel in search of new employment. It had long been known that Mozart wrote an oboe concerto near the end of this time in Salzburg, but until the early 20th century this was assumed to have been lost. Then in 1920, one of those rare magical discoveries took place. A set of parts for a previously unknown Mozart oboe concerto in C was discovered at the Mozarteum in Salzburg. Most surprisingly of all, this turned out to be identical, apart from the key, to Mozart's D major flute concerto, K314, which had been known since the 19th century. Scholars today believe that the oboe version is the original and that it was written in Salzburg in mid-1777 for the court oboist Giuseppe Ferlandis and arranged a few months later as a flute concerto to hastily deal with a commission. Mozart's oboe concerto is now one of the cornerstones of the solo oboe repertoire. Randall Wolfgang is the soloist here. Thank you. 
Flautists may have been disappointed at having their D major flute concerto taken away from them, as it were, by the discovery that it was originally an oboe concerto, even though the flute arrangement was made by Mozart himself. However, in February 1778, Mozart wrote a G major flute concerto, K313, which seems indisputably to have been composed for the flute. This, and the flute version of the oboe concerto, were written in Mannheim en route to Paris, in response to a commission from a Dutch amateur flautist, Ferdinand de Jong. Like the bassoon concerto, the final movement of the G major flute concerto evokes the elegance of the minuet. The soloist in this recording is Susan Palmandidel. Mozart wrote one more concerto involving the flute, a concerto for flute and harp, and it's now thought to have been written after the Mannheim flute concertos, despite its earlier number in the Kirschel catalogue. 
Written in Paris and probably dating from April 1778, the flute and harp concerto was again the result of a commission. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Adrien-Louis Bonnier de Soastre, Count of Guin, played the flute. And his daughter, to whom Mozart also gave composition lessons, played the harp. The C major concerto Mozart wrote for them, K299, is the only piece Mozart wrote involving the harp, and it's an elegant, delicate masterpiece, clearly written with the intention of impressing Parisian music lovers. The Count had a special tail joint on his flute, enabling him to play low D flat and middle C, notes which were not generally available on the flute of Mozart's day and Mozart includes these notes in the first and third movements of this piece. These notes occur in none of his other flute works. When it came time for Mozart to receive his fee, the Count's butler gave him only half the agreed amount. Mozart wrote to his father about the incident, saying, There's noble treatment for you. In this extract, we again hear Susan Palmer Nidell flute with Nancy Allen harp. Thank you. 
Mozart's next surviving concertos for a wind instrument are four concertos for the horn, but they provide substantial problems for modern-day scholars and performers. Mozart's scores for most of the horn concertos are either missing or incomplete, and various corrupt editions appeared in the decades following his death. In the late 20th century, this minefield was studied and sorted as much as possible by the musicologist John Humphreys, who edited the Mozart horn concertos, filling in gaps and correcting errors as much as the available sources will allow. It is known that Mozart wrote the horn concertos for Josef Leutgeb, a famous virtuoso horn player. He and the composer were close friends for many years. In fact, they seem to have been great buddies, as Mozart wrote mocking or satirical comments in some of his scores which poke fun at the virtuoso, but he seems to have taken them in good humour. Leutgeb's reputation spanned Europe. Many composers, including Josef Haydn, wrote works for him, and he performed in major European musical centres, including Paris and a number of Italian cities. The horn we know today, with valves, was developed in the late 19th century and wasn't in widespread use until the early 20th century. In Mozart's day, the horn was a much simpler affair, with no valves at all. Available notes were restricted to the harmonic series, which were achieved by altering the position of the lips on the mouthpiece. In the later 18th century, a supplementary technique of hand-stopping, manipulating the hand within the bell at the other end of the instrument, provided extra notes and different tone colours. Leutgeb was a master of the instrument, and his facility in the new hand-stopping techniques must have been considerable, considering the music Mozart wrote for him. The traditional numbering of the four horn concertos believed to have been written in Vienna between 1783 and 1791, is completely out of order. The concerto Kirschel called number one, K412, is now known to have been his last. And that called number two, K417, is the earliest of the set. The second written appears to be number four, K495, meaning that the only one in its correct place is number three, K447. Mozart's manuscript for this concerto, thankfully, survives intact, and based on studies of the paper, has been dated to 1787. It's a wonderful testament to Mozart's innate understanding of the instrument, as the famous hunting finale demonstrates. William Purvis joins the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra in this recording. Thank you. 
In the slow movements of the horn concertos, Mozart is light years away from the traditional associations of the horn with hunting. He shows the instrument as capable of lyrical beauty and thus paves the way for its importance as an expressive instrument in the hands of later composers, from Beethoven, Schumann and Berlioz to Brahms, Wagner and Mahler. This is the slow movement of K495 with David Jolly as the soloist.
As with the horn concertos, Mozart's only remaining wind concerto was written for a particular player he admired. In this case, it was the clarinetist Anton Stadler. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. He and Mozart met in the early 1780s, and it was for him Mozart wrote the clarinet quintet in 1789, numerous solos in the operas, and the clarinet concerto, which dates from 1791, Mozart's last year. The clarinet concerto, one of Mozart's very last compositions, is one of the best-loved works in the Western tradition, and the first great concerto for the instrument, yet it comes as a surprise to many to discover that it wasn't written for the clarinet as we know it. Stadler, in conjunction with the Viennese instrument maker Theodor Lotz, worked on different variations of the clarinet and its larger, lower cousin, the basset horn. Stadler wanted to create an instrument which would extend the clarinet's range downwards without compromising its upper notes, and to this end they developed an instrument now referred to as the Bassett clarinet. It was for this instrument, with four extra semitones at the bottom of its range not available on the regular clarinet, that Mozart wrote his concerto. The well-known version for regular clarinet is now believed to have been edited after Mozart's death to make it playable on the normal instrument. Only in recent years, since the discovery of the design of Stadler's instrument in the 1990s, has it become known for certain what sort of instrument Mozart had in mind for this masterpiece. That said, there is a long-standing tradition of playing the work on the regular clarinet, a tradition spanning the earliest years of the 19th century to the present day, and the work is no less effective or beautiful for that. In this recording, Charles Neidich is the soloist. Thank you. 
Mozart's wind concertos are a gift to performers and audiences alike. They display a near-perfect balance between virtuosic display on the one hand and musical depth and substance on the other. And while they cover most of his creative life, it's amazing how mature even his earliest concertos sound and how there's little difference from the first to the last in Mozart's ability to state, balance and develop melodic material. The recordings used in this program all featured the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra from their set of the complete Mozart wind concertos recorded for Deutsche Grammophon and released in 2002. My thanks to Tom Ford for the technical production of Classics Unlocked. My name's Graham Abbott. Catch you next time.